Hi, this is Stephanie, the host of your Empire Life podcast. And this episode was a talk that we did um, about a month ago, and it's um, on aches and pains. We tend to think that aches and pains are just normal. It's just the normal aging process. And I'm here to tell you, it is not true. I cannot tell you how many people come through our office and think that this little small ache here and this problem here is just a part of their aging. It's just what's normal or it's arthritis. And I'm here to tell you it is not true. So check out this talk. Um, we, we dive into it a lot deeper. Um, can't wait for you to learn more about this. And again, don't um, wait, get to the end because at the end we have a special offer for you. This is the Empower Your Life podcast, where you can find some of the best health and life tips to keep you active and living life without having to go through surgeries, procedures, and medications. We want to give you hope that it is possible as the body has an amazing ability to heal if we give it the right environment. Stay tuned to the end of this podcast to hear a very special offer. Without a further ado, let's get started. Okay, guys. I my name is Stephanie. I am um, Sorry, the I'm owner nervous. of Empower Physical Therapy. And um, so just a little bit about me, and then I'll have John kind of introduce himself. So I, I grew up in the Dallas area. Um, I was um, playing sports at a young age. So like at the age of two, I was already in gymnastics, tap and ballet, super active growing up Was a competitive gymnast, went on to play soccer, college soccer, semi-professional soccer, marathon training and and yeah like by the end of my 20s my body completely fell apart and broke down <laughs> but um as i you know decided to go the pt route and just learning more more about that um i just started learning more about the body and just really understanding the body um and a lot of times when we get patients that come into this office they just think that this is the way it's supposed to be like when you go to our healthcare system it's very depressing um, because they'll say, oh, that's just what happens when you get older, or you just think that you have to deal with these aches and pains, um, the stiffness when you wake up in the morning, because that's, you're just getting older and that's what we think. And there's nothing that we can do. So I'm here to tell you, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. So some of the things that you can do to kind of help, um, not feel that way. And really just kind of giving you hope that, um, that it's possible, that it's possible to stay active well into your 60s, 70s, 80s, and even and even 90s. Um, we we have you know 90 year olds that come into our office and actually do Pilates. It's pretty fantastic. So, um, so yeah. So, um, John, go ahead and um, introduce yourself. Yeah. Well, thank you, Stephanie. Uh, my name is John Salazar, I'm a professional trainer specializing in um, corrective X, post rehab, and functional movement for busy professionals, 45 and over. Um, uh, basically toward the outcomes. Uh, the most important things are moving better, feeling better, and of course, living better. That equals a greater quality of life. Very passionate about that. I have been for, you know, over 20 years as, uh, as a trainer uh, developing in my craft. Uh, that's it. And just uh, happy to be here with Stephanie and, uh, and uh, on behalf of the Y as well. And we believe this is a, uh, you know, a highly important topic. Yeah, awesome. So let's get started. Um, so some of the things that um, we hear all the time in my office is that my aches and pains are just what happens as they get older, um, that I have arthritis and there is nothing I can do. And we're going to get into that. Um, I've tried everything and nothing has worked for my hip pain or my knee pain or my back pain or my shoulder pain. I guess I'm just going to have to slow down or stop doing activities altogether. We hear that too. 
Um, I have to take medications for the rest of my life if I want to stay active. I'm going to have to slow down because I'm just hurting more and more. And these are just some of the things that we typically hear um, patients talk about or, you know, come in and, and, and talk to us. And most of the time when people come into our office, they've tried everything, nothing's worked. Um, this is like their last hope. And um, we're going to talk about some of the reasons why that, that is. Oops. So what are we going to learn today? So we're going to learn why strength training is so important as we age, um, how functional strength tra training improves your, your everyday life, why flexibility and mobility are so important to incorporate, um, why you could be stretching the wrong way, um, why imaging MRIs are not reliable and really lead us down to the path of those unnecessary procedures, and how to know when to get outside help for your aches and pains. Um, and don't forget about your cardio. We'll talk about that as well. And um, why staying active can help you with stress management. And then really the last piece is, is arthritis really where your pain is coming from? And we're going we're gonna to talk about that because there's a lot of myths, myths around that. So, John, why don't you talk about strength training as we age? Yeah, yeah. So obviously strength training is, is part of the big four, I think. Uh, we do that to improve, you know, muscle strength and, and endurance, uh, increases uh, energy levels, it, uh, improves bone health, uh, bone density, especially for women. Uh, the core strength is very important. That's the powerhouse of your body. Um, that's where your balance, uh, your postural control, and really injury risk uh, reduction comes from as uh, proper training development over time. Uh, that system, of course, don't. Uh, we believe in the three, uh, one of the three principles of training is the uh, principle of specificity. And that just means you adjust, uh, create a program design that delivers the adaptations you want in everyday life, such as uh, hiking, running, um, uh, just activities around the house, and specific training can be designed and uh, those outcomes can be had by following the principle of specificity. Yeah, and I, I'm going to give you an example. So my mom, um, she is almost 80 years old and she was um, having some hip issues and, and we, obviously we addressed those, took care of those, got everything um, re resolved for that. But then one of her biggest complaints was that she just was so tired like her going out and trying to do any kind of cleaning in the garage 15 minutes later, she was just exhausted and couldn't do it. And so finally I told my mom, I was like, I'm done. Like you're going to have to come in and you're going to start with like our Pilates. Um, not any different than like going to the YMCA and starting classes and, and, or even working with some of the personal trainers. Very, very similar. It's really the, the goal was to start getting her to gain some strength and, and, and moving and some of the functional movements that we're gonna be talking about. Um, so she said, okay, we'll see how it goes. Um, I'll give it a month. And she started, and I kid you not, like after the third visit, she was like, I'm, I'm gonna keep on doing this. Like, I, I feel fantastic. I was really exhausted the first day, but my energy levels were picking up. And um, I, I kid you not, like, we always go to my uncle's beach house and he has a boat and we'll go to different places on, um, and on in the North Carolina beaches. And you have to like get out of the boat in the water, walk to the water, like, you know, the shore. 
and she would have to come back in. And, you know, before we started this program, we literally had to push her to get, help her get up the ladder into the boat. And last year when we went, she literally like climbed up the boat and it was like no big deal. And that's literally because of working on the strength training. So, you know, it helped her with her muscle endurance to be able to do some of those things. Um, she's walking and hiking more than she has in, in a long time. Um, her bone health definitely has improved. Like I, um, have told, you know, her doctors are, are like happy with where she's at. Um, and just her balance and her being her reaction time to things also has improved. So it, these are just things that are, it's just, it's important for us to stay active as, as we get older. So John, let's talk about some functional strength training, why it's so important. Yeah. Functional strength training, especially uh, as each decade passes, from my experience working with the uh, 45 to 90 year old population over the last you know, 10 or 15 years. And the one way to think about to, to find functional training is just, I like to make it as few words as possible for, the, for my clients. And that is functional training is that one, that the type of training in the gym, et cetera, that can transfer. So the key word is transfer to uh, activities of your daily life, whether that's sports, whether that's travel, whether that's, again, as Stephanie said, it's very common, by the way, just working around the house, just wanting to play with grandkids, et cetera. And you want to train, have the tools and content in the training that helps transfer to those outcomes. It's very simple. Um, examples of this would be improving uh, balance, uh, reaction time, uh, so that we can counter the uh, tendency for it to slow as we age, and you can train for that. Um, the, another point is to develop the motor skills, uh, both gross motor skills and fine motor skills, that transfer also toward uh, the client's uh, everyday activities. You know that has a lot of value. That has uh, that has a lot of value for people. Um, or you can transfer to more sports-specific uh, activities. As we're seeing, uh, people uh, in the last 10, 20 years are becoming more active, provided they, they're capable of maintaining that and doing that without injury, such as tennis, golf, uh, hiking and walking, and uh, pickleball has been big and, uh, lately. But actually, pickleball has been around for quite some time following uh, my clients over time. The last thing, uh, just as important as it is it trains for injury prevention. Oh, what, what, what good is it to have ah. the, the goals and capabilities? Dang it. I'm sorry. Stephanie, was I muted? Sorry about that. Uh, people were in the background and I muted all and I couldn't oh. unmute you. Sorry. Oh, so yeah, go, go back again. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I did. I did hear a little bit. Uh, I'm sorry, Stephanie, wh where are we at? Um, we started talking about injury prevention. Oh yeah. Injury prevention. Yeah. So to get to all the wonderful goals and, and uh, desires that clients have, of course, you have to have the capability and the framework to do, to achieve that, that is your body. And so why functional strengthening is critical is because it's there's strong research showing that it has a significant impact on injury reduction, on, especially at the joint level, sh shoulders, spine, uh, hips, knees, ankles. And that's uh, 
the main reason to uh, one of the main reasons to include your functional strengthening program prevents uh, overuse patterns, etc. So, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> so, why improving your flexibility and mo mobility is important. So, you know, our muscles and joints need to move through their full range of motion in order for us to do activities. And if it doesn't, then we start having some compensation patterns that happens because our body wants us to do what we tell it to do. And uh, that's part of the reason we, when we start having some of these compensation patterns, and then we start using our body, the, our, our muscles, or our joints um, in a way that it's not used to moving. And that's when things will start tightening up. And so one of the first things that we'll start noticing is that joints will get stiff. Um, and that's the first sign of, of something that's not really moving very well. And I'm here to say that a lot of that can can be improved. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example of a, a, we had a patient that came in actually with some knee pain and he wanted to be able to bowl. And um, he uh, was also talking about some back issues that he was having. And he literally would wake up in the morning so stiff that it would take him almost 30 minutes to an hour just to start moving around to be able to function throughout the day. And this is a pretty, you know, decently active person. He was um, you know, he liked to bowl, like he bowled competitive, competitively, but he, um, you know, was told that he had this type of like, um, arthritis where his spine was fusing. And they said that that's just what the way it is. He couldn't sleep in his bed, um, because he couldn't lie flat. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Let's get your knee fixed up. And we're also going to like work on your back. And sure enough, his back wasn't moving very well. And we started doing some back, um, you know, mobility stuff to like manually to get it to start moving and then taught him how to do some stretches for the joints um, to kind of open it up. And within three or four weeks, he was like, I'm back in bed, like I can sleep in my bed. And when he was toward the end of, of discharging, he basically he said, I like wake up and within like 10 seconds, I don't have any stiffness, I can just I can pop out of bed and move. And that's what happens when you can actually get your joints to move and it's possible for it to, we just have to, you know, know what to do and how, how to get it move. And that's what experts can help you with. Um, you know, we get stiff as, as we get older because we don't move our joints. Our body does, doesn't move through all the different planes of motions that we're used to. Like when we're kids, we're moving all over the place. And when we get older, we tend to sit, stand, walk, sit walk, bike, like we're all in the same kind of plane of motion and we don't move our joints in all these different other, other positions. And that's, that becomes problems, um, fixable problems, but it just becomes problems. If we can't move through the full motion, our body will again compensate. And that's what, when we start compensating, we start using our muscles um, in a way that, that our body's not used to. And that's when you start getting you know, like the stiffness, the soreness, the aches, the pains that can lead into those injuries that will stop you at times. Um, and then start when that happens, as we get older, then our brain starts like processing everything going, Oh, my God, I'm going to have to have surgery. This is arthritis, I'm going to have to live with this for the rest of my life, I'm gonna have to be on medications, like our brain goes the worst case scenario of like, you know, we're doomed. Um, my mom put it as, you know, she felt like she was getting closer and closer to the rocking chair or really to a nursing home. And that's not where she wanted to be. But now from like her realizing that it's possible to feel better and to get stronger and be able to do more. She, she says that rocking chair is getting farther and farther away from her. And she feels like she's 10 years younger. 
Um, and really that's, that's where, 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 you know, combination between personal training and physical therapy can really get you. So some great activities that can really help you. Um, I, you know, yoga, I love yoga. There's many versions of yoga. You can do chair yoga. The reason why I love yoga is because it moves your body in so many different planes to get you like, um, work, you know, to get your body to move. We aren't just staying in like, okay, we're just going to do bicep curls and we're staying in this kind of like one plane type motion where we're standing and sitting all the time. And you know, that, that kind of motion, but it gets us moving and rotating in different positions that our body may not be used to be moving into, which is really good for our joints. Tai Chi is another thing like that slow movement. You're just moving in, in different um, motions. And these are, these are just two examples of, of things that you can do um, with uh, um, to just, you know, help improve your mobility. So why could we be stretching the wrong way? So we, you know, I often say where the side of the problem is, is often not where this or where the side of the pain is, is often not where the source of the problem is um, located. So you can have like, you know, a hip issue and your hips tightening up. And all of a sudden we're like, oh, I'm going to do that figure four stretch and just stretch it and stretch it. And it just doesn't get better. It stays tight. Um, well, what we find, you know, that tightness can come from so many different sources and it's trying to figure out where it comes from. So that tightness could come from the lower part of that thoracic spine where the ribs are. You can have mobility issues there that create issues that are in the hips. We see it all the time. Um, and so if, if that's where it's coming from, we've got to figure out and get that part moving and teach you what you can do to, to really stretch that area, which then opens up that hip. So where we thought it might be a hip problem and things are tightening up, we could be stretching a muscle that is a symptom, but it's not really getting to the source of the problem. You can also have back issues that create hip problems. So you've got to look at that. So when people come in and they say, okay, I'm having this hip, hip pain and they're giving us all, you know, we're asking them a lot of questions. You know, we're like, we are going to start ruling things out. And um, we rule things out by moving you. And, and, you know, once we know what, you know, through the evaluation process and asking you a lot of questions, we kind of know where we need to go. And we start ruling things out like, nope, not coming from the back. Okay, let's look at the hip. You know, yes, it's coming from the hip or no, no, it's coming from the thoracic spine. So we can really understand like where the breakdown's coming from and why it's presenting in that hip. Same thing with shoulder. People can't move their shoulder and they're like their sh shoulder mobility may be really bad. And so they're always like stretching it. Well, the shoulder may not be the problem, That it could be a neck problem or it could be an upper like thoracic problem, or it could be a combination of, of multiple things. So you really can't just look at the site of it and like, okay, this, this tightness, I need to stretch this tightness. There could be a reason there could be the tightness could be a symptom. And that's where I kind of want to really hone in on it. Like if you're really noticing that, gosh, my hamstring is tighter, my hip is tighter, my shoulders are tight, and they're not getting better with the normal stretches that you would that you, we know that we can do to help it. There's something else that's going on that can be fixed. You just got to get to the right place to figure out where it's coming from. So um, just want you guys to kind of realize that. Same thing, like hamstring tightness could be coming from the back. It could be coming from the hip. We've had dancers that were, you know, um, that were, well, what are they called? So that are the, in high schools that, where they do the, the dances and they do a lot of kicks always. And it's always on one side <clears throat> that had 
their hamstring would tighten up. Like they literally couldn't, didn't have the flexibility. And like, I don't understand. Like I stretch all the time. Like you're stretching the wrong way. And we would open up the hip and show our different stretch that wasn't even touching the hamstring. Didn't even get the hamstring to, to, to open up or do anything. And as soon as we would stretch that way, then all of a sudden her hamstring tightness went away like that. And she goes, Oh my God, I can go back and I can stretch. Like, like, it's like, how did you do that? And it's just because we know the body so well, and we know why, you know, things may be um, a symptom and we've got to get down to the source of what's going on. So that's, that's kind of some of the things that you can kind of notice that if, if things aren't getting better with some of the stretches that should be getting better, there's probably something else going on that can be figured out to really open up that area. So another thing is, um, you know, MRIs really lead us down the path of more procedures. And most people don't know this. This is why I love talking about this topic because, you know, we go to the doctor and we're like, get an MRI and that's going to tell me exactly what's going on. Well, remember how I told you the slide before where the side of the pain is, is often not where the source of the problem is. So if you have a knee issue, and your knee hurts and you image the knee, but it's the hip that's creating the knee pain, it doesn't matter what we find on that image. Like it's not gonna tell us where to look. What's gonna tell us where to look is by actually asking you questions to really give you an understanding of what's going on. If you look at the research on MRIs, they're not great. So um, you could take a hundred people with no pain whatsoever and they are fully functional, can do everything. And 60 to 80% of them are going to show something from meniscal tears in the knee to labral tears to arthritis to herniated discs to rotator cuff tears. These are things that you can find um, with a normal person. And what happens is as we get older, we tend to find more things because that's just what happens as we get older. We, you know, when we get older, we get wrinkles on our face. And yeah, I know that. Um, the wrinkles are, you know, we don't want them, but that's just a part of aging. They don't harm us or anything. Well, the wrinkles on our bones are the arthritic changes, the degenerative changes, the things that we can see on imaging are just normal wear and tear that we get as we get older. They're like wrinkles on our bones, essentially. And so if you're, you know, if we know that 80% of the people are going to show something and they're pain free and all of a sudden you start hurting and you image, I guarantee you they're going to find something. So I always tell people that imaging is an expensive selfie. Um, and typically what I tell my clients on imaging is if when they talk to their doctor, if it's going to change what they're, what they're going to do, then get the imaging. So for instance, if, you know, I'm deciding whether we need to have like um, a surgery or not, because I think like, like, you know, you tore your ACL. I think you tore your ACL. I'm not sure. Let's image to make sure um, because we're going to either have surgery or, or not. And, and it's going to determine which direction we go. Then I would be okay with that. If it's going to determine what kind of surgery you're going to have, I, I'm okay with that when we really know. But if it's like, I just want to look and see, um, then no, don't get it. If it's going to, if you're like saying, I want to do a conservative treatment and that's what I want to do. And I don't, I want to do physical therapy. I want it. I don't want to have all these procedures. Then you don't need an Im imaging. And honestly, if you didn't fall or, you know, most of us, when they come into the office, it's like, I just started to hurt one day. I don't know what I did. That's the majority of the people. 
most of those don't need imaging. When I want imaging is like, I had a car accident, I fell, I want to make sure that there's nothing fractured, you know, you're looking for some of those things. If there's red flags, which we, we can monitor and we can see where we think there could be tumors or cancers or infections. I mean, those are things, those are red flags that we can, you know, we'll know when the body's not responding or when you start having some weird symptoms or, you know, we ask some of the red flag questions and you're starting to say some of the, you know, yes to some things, then we know that we need to go like, you know what, we need to get further testing to go and figure what's going on. But that that's when you want to do do the testing. So Stephanie, I had a question. For yeah, you. go for it. Okay, for your cl clinic's policy then uh, regarding MRIs, you what I'm hearing is you do you your clinicians do use and obviously use them for the diagnostic info, but only on a selective or filtered basis. I mean, it's not yeah. a, it's not an absolute. No, I, honestly, we rarely look at them. <laughs> I'll look at the report and tell them like, this is what, this is what it shows. And I'll explain it to them, but it doesn't necessarily guide me in my treatment at all because it, it's very similar. Cause a lot of times, you know, um, you know, we had a patient that came in and, um, she was in line to have a rotator cuff surgery. And when I talked to her, I was like, so tell me what you did. And I, and she goes, I'm not really sure. And I'm like, you're not really sure. And you have a rotator cuff surgery. I mean, like if you have a rotator cuff tear, you fell or you grabbed on something and it, and it moves your shoulder. You don't just hurt one day and it's, oh, it's my rotator cuff. So I'm like, are you sure? She goes, oh, I had therapy. I did the extra, it didn't help. And I'm like, okay, but could you please come in? And so she decided she came in and we talked and we, she said, okay, let's see. Cause I don't want to have this surgery. It's a horrible surgery. And sure enough, um, she, I mean, she had her surgery scheduled and, and three weeks from the time that we saw her. And by the second week, she was already feeling better. Her range of motion, she could, she couldn't even lift her arm up. We didn't touch her shoulder. It was all coming from her thoracic spine, all of it. And we gave her some stretches and then would work on her. Um, and sure enough, it got better and better and better within like probably four to six weeks, she was back fully functional doing everything and canceled, obviously canceled her surgery. So just because the imaging shows something doesn't mean that that's where it comes from, which is why it doesn't really guide me. The only time it guides me is, or is like, if someone has some red flags, I mean, if someone's telling me that they're getting some bowel bladder changes, that they're having unrelenting night pain, that um, I can't change their position and re and make it better and worse. And they have, you know, gosh, headaches with nausea, or, you know, you're starting to get some of these red flags, I, I'm sending them to the doctor going, okay, we're getting this checked out. We're not, I'm not moving you. <laughs> or, you know, you, there's something else going on. But we can determine that by by questioning. Um, because our body is very predictable, like it has patterns, and we see those patterns, and we should be able to notice when something is off. Um, and we do, in my office, we get to spend the time with the patients that we can really figure those out. So another great thing to know is like how to know when you when you need help. Like our biggest goal is to keep you active. Like we don't want to tell you to stop. So even like going to um, John, you know, at the YMCA, our goal is to keep you seeing him, honestly, because it's going to be better mentally. Um, it's going to keep you in your routines. You're just going to feel better, and movement feels better. Now we may have to adjust what what happens, but um, or like what you're doing a little bit, but 
but we can help guide you to keep you there. That's our goal is to keep you active. So just knowing that, you know, when you come in here, it's not all like you've got to stop everything and you're done for the next month. So, you know, some people, we have to shut people down depending on how bad it is. But if it's just like an aches and pains, usually it's us giving you some modifications while we're helping you get through that, through that process. But just knowing that aches and pains are not normal, um, that you can feel better, um, that yes, we do get stiffer as we get older. It's just a part of it, but it can improve. Um, we see it all the time. Um, if you're feeling like your aches and pains um, and they're lasting like longer than a week, like sometimes you're like, oh, this will just kind of go away. And it does sometimes, um, which is great. You don't need to worry about it. But if you're starting to notice that, that all of a sudden you're getting some, some pains and they're starting to last longer than a week, they're probably not going to get better on its own. Granted, you can rest and you'll be like, oh, I feel better because I rested. And then you go back to that activity and you start hurting again because it will happen. That's exactly what happens. <laughs> so um, because what you are doing or, you know, the compensation patterns that you are doing, that this is not something that started last, you know, a week ago. It's something that started like months ago that you've been doing compensation or, or try, trying to keep up with what you want to be able to do or doing too much or whatever the case may be. Um, you're going to go back to those patterns and more than likely just rest alone. If it's been going on for a while, won't help. It'll help, but you go back to it and then it starts hurting again. So um, if you have, if you're tight and you're not improving or your strength, you're working on something and it's just not getting stronger. Those are two things where something may not be working properly. Um, we have four phases of care. And if you miss any of these phases, you're not going to get better, which is why you'll, you'll see when people go to other offices, other physical therapy offices, it's like they just did some blanketed exercises um, and I did some general strength, but I didn't get better. It didn't work because they missed part of the strength. So remember that mobility piece that I was talking about. How do the joints move? Where's the source of the problem coming from? These are things that you have to figure out. These are the first, fa first phase of therapy. And if you don't get this, this fixed and you're moving on to these other phases, you'll miss the boat, you won't get better. And so you have to improve the mobility first and figure out where the source is coming from. Then we start working on individual strength. That's when we find notice that, okay, you know what? This part of the hip is weak. Once we got everything moving, we need to start working on this part of the hip. Maybe we have to work on the hamstring. We'll do individual strengthening to get it to start understanding how to work. And sometimes we have to position it in a way just to start getting it to fire. It's like, I almost tell people we have to jumpstart it. Like we have to you know, jump starts the battery. It's almost the same thing. We sometimes have to jump start the muscle to get it to understand how to fire again. Then we put it together and function and, and really improving your movement pattern. We had a, a person that was in here today that is um, a swimmer and uh, she literally were improving the mobility. We started working on the individual strength, but you could see even on the individual strength when I was just having her work on a few things, she would want to raise the shoulder when she did something. I'm like, nope, we got to stop that. Can't do it. Not even moving. Let's just down and squeeze the shoulder blades back. Don't elevate that shoulder because that's as soon as that's what she would want to do. So ultimately um, that we've got to, you know, get all of that fixed. And then returning to sports that your sport may be walking. Like that's what you like to do. You like to go to North Park and walk around the, around the mall. Your sport may be getting back to, you know, lifting weights or hiking or whatever it is for you. It's just getting you back to that safely. Um, and then just realizing that it is possible to feel better. It is, we see it all the time in our office. We see people that have lost hope and, um, and they're able to really get their life back. And that's, that's typically who we see. So we just want you to know that your aches and pains don't have to be 
um, that surgery is not something that has to happen. Um, I can tell you in four years that we've been open, than doing this model, we've only sent maybe like seven people to surgery in four years, and we have three PT. So um, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. So John, talk about the cardio. Yeah. <laughs> so cardiovascular exercise is basically just defined as uh, exercise that, you know, uses all muscles at the same time. And it just keeps the heart rate going in a, at a, a certain zone. It's personalized per person um, to, you know, warrant meaningful cardiovascular exercise. Um, the benefits of that are, uh, of course, it helps with weight control, just balancing your, uh, it's, it's the energy balance equation. It just balances energy, uh, calories in versus calories out. Um, it enhances circulation, of course. Uh, it gets the very critical oxygen to uh, through the cells, um, via the cells to the extremities of the body from head to toe, um, as well as move uh, CO2, et cetera, out. Uh, it improves uh, your daily energy, of course, by using, uh, by using your uh, carbohydrates and fats in, in a harmonious way. Um, reduces uh, health risks uh, such as heart disease, uh, high blood pressure, uh, cancer, and uh, even stroke. Uh, the last thing is it increases heart and lung capacity. That's basically the whole point of quality cardiovascular exercise. It's just to get oxygen to the cells, uh, to the ex extremities of the body. And of course, getting the good stuff in, that's the O2 and the the bad stuff out, CO2, toxins, waste products, et cetera. And if you do, the, if you do that, you're going to get all five of those benefits. And uh, matter of fact, the, one of the current standards, I think, is three to uh, five days for most people. And there are uh, variables, um, you know, to those. You just have to see a qualified trainer that can help you outline your personal variables for safety and effectiveness. You do those five things. You have a quality cardio program uh, component in your life, and we and, and just remembering that the heart is a muscle. <laughs> it's a muscle that sometimes we forget, um, and it needs to be used. Um, and you know, like John said, it improves so much of um, of of our health. Sure, the heart, lung, circulatory system are the uh, the the big trifecta there. Yes. Sure. So talk about how stress management, how staying active can help with stress management. Yeah, distress management is, is again, central to all this. Um, these are certainly uh, five effective uh, recommended um, methods or techniques. Uh, there are more. Um, and you can certainly, uh, you know, customize this to match you, you and your lifestyle. But uh, number one, uh, community helps de-stress. That is true. Um, it's just the basic tenet that we are made for relationships in this life, uh, preferably meaningful ones. And, and that includes uh, both in the good times and when there's uh, adversity. So please uh, seek community and meaningful support out. Um, number two, exercise in the body can calm the mind. Um, again, just by getting the, the previously stated blood flow and oxygen to all your tissues, including your brain, um, that can uh, lower the stress hormones that are running around all over your body. And that's what in turn can calm the mind for uh, clearer thinking, 
uh, a greater uh, cognitive ability, et cetera. Uh, the third one is exercise the mind. Um, and that's uh, used, uh, that's indicated by doing um, uh, mental games. There's all kinds of online games that are popular now. Um, actually learning a language is um, one of the, the highest, uh, the, the most effective methods for that, the research shows. Um, the fourth item is to make time and space for, for your own personal uh, personalized quiet meditation time, time space. I, I know I have a client who not only makes time for herself, but she has a special place in her, in her home. And that uh, you know, is motivating, meaningful. And she's been able to uh, build, uh, she's been able to sustain that. And I only just check in with her every now and then because I know how much that's helped her and, and just let her talk about that. Um, the fifth thing is uh, eating a stress, de-stressing diet. Um, of course, we all know the, uh, what we should be eating. I think it's just a matter of just taking it to the next step and, and actually behaving it. Um, examples of the content of that, of course, are, you know, plenty of fruits, plenty of vegetables, uh, seeds, uh, anything plant-based. You know, I, I'm pretty much a food pyramid guy. I've been, I don't have any fancy diets or um, food plans or, that I uh, latch on to just over the years. It's just basically the, the food pyramid, which uh, in effect is plenty of uh, what, what I just said earlier. That getting self, uh, getting plenty of antioxidants in your diet through um, fruit, uh, fruit such as blueberries, et cetera. If you do all those five things, that will help you lower your stress management. Actually, one comment I have, I don't, I actually believe it's instead of stress management, it's actually better termed, I would argue, self-management because I don't think we manage stress. I think that's external to us. I think we manage self, which we have control over through stress. But whatever the case, do those five things and you will lower the stress in your life. Yeah, I know for me, I'm totally ADHD. So if I don't exercise, my mind is like all over the place. Um, and it totally like it, it sets my day and, and calms, ca totally calms me down. So um, yeah, and community, I think people don't even realize how much community is a pillar of health, like it is one of the major pillars of health. And it's kind of one of the ones that we've kind of lost a little bit um, with COVID because of just not being to be able to get around people. But Community is huge when it comes um, to health um, as well. And I think we, we don't, you don't, well, I know I realized it <laughs> during these last year or so, but I don't think we ever think of it as, as something that will um, help with our health. And it totally does. So um, is arthritis really where your pain's coming from? And I can't tell you how many times that we'll get someone coming into our office and like, well, it's just arthritis and I just have to deal with it. And honestly, you know, I think sometimes, you know, you go to a doctor and they are only able to spend maybe five minutes with you. I mean, that's the way it has been yes. uh, for a while. And so what they do is because they don't have that much time because they have to click the box and make sure they fill this out so that they get paid. So by the time they get to see you, it's like, okay, let's go send you for imaging. Oh, it's just arthritis. Like you, you can see it. And remember how I made that comment where if as we get older, we just have like 
I call wrinkles on the bones. That's like arthritic changes, degenerative changes. It's just what happens as we get older. So you go and image yourself. You're probably even with, like image yourself when you have no pain. You're gonna, you're gonna find arthritis that's in your joints. So just because you have pain doesn't necessarily mean that the pain that is what's causing your pain. We have people that came in with like they said their hands had arthritis, and I'm like, okay, um, let's look at it. And really, it was more of a tendonitis, and we just released some tightness, started working on some general strengthening. She got back to functioning and had no pain anymore. We've had people that will say the same thing in their knees. Um, there's research that they had people basically in line to have um, a total knee replacement. And so they, they went and tested all these people that were in line that, you know, were at it scheduled to, to have a total knee replacement. And they went and did um, a certain type of evaluation. They call it a McKinsey evaluation. It's what I'm trained in. Um, and they did that evaluation and they put them into basically two categories. One was basically doing some, some mobilizations to the knee and the other category, um, if they were appropriate, the other category was, um, just general exercise. 40% of the people that were in line for having a total knee replacement no longer needed to have it and were fully functional. 40%. So just, just like think of that, you know, when people are, are, are thinking of having surgery, other things that they'll do is, oh, let's just go clean up the knee. That's a common one. Let's just go in. We're going to do a scope, clean it all up. Research on that. Actually, it's, you're worse off by doing stuff like that because they're messing with the knee. It's not any better than just doing general exercise. Like maybe it feels better initially. We usually it doesn't. Um, sometimes it can flare things up. But if they're kind of say that, you, that you, they're going to do a meniscal, um, rep, not a repair, a meniscal like clean out, especially if you're in your, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s um, and beyond, more than likely, that's not where your pain's coming from. There's some things that can mimic um, a meniscal tear in the knee that's not that's not that. So really, um, what I would say is if you're not happy with what you're hearing, then definitely, um, definitely come in and, and talk, talk with us. And we're more than happy to sit down and have a conversation for free. You'll, you'll see some special offers here at the end. Um, you know, to use us as a resource, like coming in and just having a conversation with us to see, to just to kind of, you know, for us to kind of help, help you understand your health a little bit better. It's free. We do it free for you guys so that you can feel confident with what decision that you are going to make, whether that is to have, to have surgery or, or not to have surgery, or I'm having to make some pains and I'm so fearful I'm going to have to slow down. Let's just have a conversation because I can tell you nine times out of 10, it's not arthritis that's causing um, some of the pain. There's tissues and different things and, and mobility things that just need to be looked at that, um, that no one else is really spending the time to look at. So, so we do have some... Oh, go for it. All I was going to say, it's amazing when you get more than, when you give uh, your clients more than five minutes. Uh, the, oh, absolutely. I don't know the, how you do an evaluation the, in five the, minutes. <laughs> the amount of insight and clues you can get if you can just hang in there long enough and really hear them. Uh, I just want, that's what I like about what uh, your clinic's philosophy is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we spend the time with people um, so that we can really sit down and figure it out. So, um, you know, we'll, it's like one of the things that we have up here. So we have three, three special offers and one of them is that free discovery visit. Um, and that's really, you know, sitting down with, with one of our specialists here for 30 minutes to sit down and have a conversation. We do these all the time. Granted, there's times, you know, like we only have so many spots per week, 
but we, we sit down and if, even if a past patient wants to call and talk to us to, to get a better understanding of like where, what they should do, we're there for you. That's, that's what we're here for. Um, we also have where you can do a full evaluation with us and we'll give you a hundred dollars off the evaluation price. And you can use that in the next 15 days. So there's that. Um, and then I know John is going to do a, a one hour free consultation with him. Um, and that's going to be within this, within a month. But you, you do not have to be a YMCA member in order to, to do that. So, um, so definitely take that up so that you guys can, um, if you're not a YMCA member, you can check into it. It's pretty a fantastic place. The facilities are amazing here at White Rock Lake and there's other ones around here as well. And, uh, they're, um, you know, it's, it's a great, it's a great place to, you know, continue to stay active and those kind of things. All of this too should be going into your inbox if it, if it hasn't, um, with others, we had some other offers, like we have free eBooks on knee pain and back pain and neck and shoulder pain. Um, that should be going to your inbox, your email, um, way, where uh, Stephanie, I'm sorry, by the way, the hard copies you left at the club on the table. Uh, proven to be uh, pretty popular. Oh, have they? <laughs> That's the awesome. Low back, the low back, uh, the knee. Yeah, we'll have to. I, I took time to read through a couple of them, but uh, I went back to get the back, the back one the next day, and they were gone. So, <laughs> and Amanda did bring one, I think, for the, well, for the knee. You had some knee. So, yeah, we did. We, may, we, we did. Respectfully asked, maybe when you or when you get uh, a chance, uh, could you know, could you just as a courtesy. Just bring a handful more and, and I'll help facilitate that as well. Yeah, on, absolutely. On the response I, of the hard copy. I don't think I have a hard copy of the neck and shoulder. I need to get that one. But we also can send put a link up so we can go to the office and we can yeah. put a link up where people can use the QR codes and scan in and sign okay. up for them. So they'll get those in their inbox. So we'll definitely get something like that started. Um, we did have a few questions that some of you guys um, were wanting to um, answer or get answered. Um, one of them was on back stiffness. Um, we had a, a person that said they've been having back stiffness that's been going on for a year. And again, their doctor said that's just kind of what happens as they get older. They have some arthritis and that there's really nothing they can do. And for them to just take some medications when it starts acting up, that's kind of what they said. So um, they were asking what, what we could do to help make it better. So, um, you know, like I, I said before, I gave you that example of that guy that was told very similar. And ultimately, we sat down and, and learned a lot more to understand and took some baselines. We looked at uh, baselines in his back and his hip and his thoracic spine, um, just, to, just to see how they moved. Um, and then off of, off of our evaluation, we kind of knew a direction that we need to go. So once we kind of know the direction, meaning um, um, we know how to do the a certain types of mobilizations, and a lot of times, you know, maybe that's into a little bit of extension, like especially with the ribs, they get stuck out like this. And then more normally when we breathe, it should come in and should come out. But when they get stuck, then everything else around it starts tensing up. So a lot of times um, we'll show people some self-mobilizations that they can do to start opening that up, do a lot of manual stuff and then retest the baselines to know that we're moving in the right direction. But it's possible to feel better, um, you know, without uh, back stiffness. I know we had another person that was wondering about like, you know, they, their thoracic spine is really rounded and can you actually improve that? We've seen stuff like that all the time. Now you have some people that come in and it's true scoliosis, but we have other people 
that the scoliosis or the 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 you know rounding of the back is just because they're always in that rounded position and so we're teaching them how to improve their posture but then teaching them some self mobilizations to get that area to start moving and it goes away even the the dowering like the hump that people see on their back like in their neck where there's a little hump there same kind of thing we've been able to teach people how to do self mobilizations to start improving some of those areas um, last one, and we'll open up to questions. I'll stop the recording here in a second. We'll open up the questions. Um, someone said that they have been having knee pain for the last six months, um, and they're really fearful that they're going to have to have surgery. Um, actually, I mean, I, we just did an, an interview with one of our past clients who is similar. She, he thought he was going to have to have a total knee replacement. He's 60 years old, and he's a, he's a, a real estate agent. And that's what he, he was like, oh my God, my knee hurts. It's arthritis. I'm going to have to have a total knee replacement. I don't have time for this. I don't even want to have this. Um, came in and we identified things that were going on with him, which was some stuff that was going on in the knee, but also some stuff that was going on in the hip. And sure enough, I mean, he got back. He loves to go and, and um, walk at North Park. And that's where he gets his exercise. And then he's a real estate agent. So he's on his feet all the time. Um, but those are some of the fears that he had, uh, and uh, the, the fears that were not true, and they, they were able to kind of get back. So those are the questions that people had for us um, coming in. And again, take um, advantage. Um, we'll reach out to everyone to just remind them if they didn't get the email so that they have it, because they'll have um, the YMCA's information also in that email, so you'll know how to get a hold of them. But we're going to follow up with everyone um, tomorrow, just to make sure they got the emails correctly, we'll have ebooks um, that are actually in those emails that you can sign up for for the different areas, um, and just make sure that um, you don't need any help finding any of that information. Um, so, um, with that, I'm gonna stop. Hey y'all, I'm Catherine, Client Relations Manager of Empower Physical Therapy. If you're interested in speaking to one of our specialists on how we can help you, click the link below to set up a time with one of our physical therapists.